Hello, Tile friends. Welcome back to another episode of Tile Money. This is the podcast where we discuss the business of being a tile contractor. My name is Luke Miller, and I am on a mission to help tile contractors everywhere. I want to help you grow profitable, sustainable businesses. I truly want to help you have a, build a business that is successful, is good for you, is good for, the fa- for your families, is good for the communities you live and work in, and is good for the industry at large. I, I, I sincerely you know, want to do that, and it's my privilege to be doing that. And thank you for letting me know that this podcast, this format is helping you. Thank you for sending me kind messages and leaving me five-star reviews on my Facebook page and iTunes. I truly appreciate and love all the hats and shirts and, and wear them every single day. Thank you for, for sending that love my way and for uh, making me a part of your business and including me in that. It's, it's special and I, I don't take it for granted. So thank you again. So listen, uh, you know, the, the, I want to thank the sponsors of this episode, of this podcast, really. The NTCA, the National Tile Contractors Association, you know, they're uh, the largest association uh, and the most established in North America for tile contractors, large and small. They have a, a great association of great contractors. Some of them have built ge- uh, businesses for generations. Some of them are just getting started. But what's unique, and, and, and I love it, is everybody's willing to share their, their knowledge and their advice when you, when you join them and, and, and join in in the conversation. And so sincerely look into uh, that resource. And if it's something you haven't considered joining, you might want to consider joining the NTCA. I also have a Lady Cree International as a sponsor uh, for since the beginning with the NTCA. And Lady Cree is very interested in continued education. And that's really why they're backing this endeavor of mine is, is they saw this as something that was needed in the industry, business education. And they wanted to back that endeavor and they wanted to put their resources and their talent towards this effort. And so I, I want to thank, you know, Latacrete for taking a big part in helping tile contractors everywhere. Together with my partners, we're able to, uh, begin making a difference in, in tile contractors' lives. And it, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to my audience. So thank you to both those, uh, both those great sponsors. All right. So today we've got a, we've got a solo episode. Actually, I'm going to be talking to you, uh, by myself. I don't have an interview. We had, I, you know, today was supposed to be uh, number two interview with uh, Ken Hudson. Last week we was number one and uh, we've got that interview. We had a few technical issues and I, I, I needed a little bit more time to kind of polish it up before I release it out there and get the audio quality a little better than it was. But uh, it's coming next week, so look forward to that next week with Ken Hudson with uh, at Huds Tiling on Instagram. Really good guy. He, you know, we had great conversations. And if you didn't catch that live, uh, you'll definitely want to tune in next week to listen to that. Or if you did catch it live, you might want to listen to it again. It was really, it was really that good. So, <laughs> so today, actually, the business portion that I want to talk to you about um, is called taking advantage of summer spending. This was actually something I was going to talk about in May, but because of, of COVID and, and the way March and April were looking and, and things were shut down, I really didn't 
think that, uh, you know, when we came to May, we, it would have been as good of a month as it, as it was. And here we are in June and things are, you know, people are still spending money. So I really do think this topic is, is relevant and I didn't want to like just leave it be and forget about it. And so I want to talk to you about how to, how to prepare for a lot of work, you know, seasonally, if, if you can adjust your prices, if that's something you would consider, you know, I want to talk to you about the reasons to do that, why you would do that. You know, finding and hiring temporary labor, that's a subject that actually I had it on the schedule and it came up in conversation just the other day inside the the Facebook group. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about knowing when to say no. You know, when is when should you be saying no? We we talk about yes a lot and, and we all want work. We all want to be staying busy, right? But when should you actually say no and, and what kind of things should you be saying no to? So Good, good stuff there. But before we dive into that subject, um, I would like to just, you know, talk to you a few minutes about what you're enjoying on the podcast. I'd like to give you a brief overview of the episodes, the subjects that we've dived into earlier this year. You know, maybe you're joining this, uh, maybe you're listening to this episode for the first time. Um, I'd like to ask you for a favor. I don't ask much, but listen, I've got, you know, a survey I'll send you to. And I'd like you to be part of that survey because ultimately this podcast, everything I'm doing, it's going to be more successful. You're going to enjoy it more if you reach out to me and tell me what you like, what you don't like, and really be candid and give me some constructive feedback, criticism even. I can take it. (laughs) And don't be afraid to tell me, hey, I really didn't like this. I don't like when you do this. Or I, I want to hear more about this subject, um, and and then together we're going to craft what the next uh, what the next five six months looks like. We're we're at the end of June, so we've got a whole another six months uh, for the end of 2020. So we've got a good stretch of time here, and we can really uh, together create something really cool. So I'm looking forward to hearing from you as always. Um, and then we've got some tile news, some tile money news that I'll that I'll include here before we wrap up. Um, so listen, let's, let's dive into this subject of, uh, of, you know, what you're enjoying in the, in the podcast. So, so far in, in, in this year, 2020, you know, in January, I thought it would be, uh, important to talk about formulating a plan for success was, was really the theme of January. And we had, we had some great um, episodes. I, I had a shorter, you know, basically January, February, March, I had short format episodes, 30 minutes each. So I would like to hear if that's what you enjoyed or you actually like the longer episodes like we've had recently. But we actually revisited some of the Steve Rosh episodes. I broke it down and I, I added to it. We talked about beginning with the end in mind, really having a vision. You know, it's so important to have that vision for your uh, business, I really want you to think about that. Think about where you're headed. What do you want your business to look like? Because you really want to paint this picture, write it down on paper, get it very clear in your mind because not everybody's the same. And it's a, it's a shame and, and a waste of time, frankly, if you're just imitating what some of your competitors are doing on a local level or people on the internet are doing, you know, not everybody's made to have a commercial business. Not everybody wants to have a, a small business. Not everybody wants to have a large business. 
So you need to figure out what's going to work for you. Do you want to stay on the tools for a long time? Because that business looks completely different. It has to have a completely different pricing and marketing strategy than the business that the owner gets off the tools and, and gets in the truck and gets on the phone and gets on the computer and sells. Those are two completely different businesses. So you need to know where exactly you're going. You need to write it down. You need to have it very clear so that even today, if you're setting tile, you know and you have some short-term goals and some longer-term goals, but you know where you're headed. You have that vision. And only once you have that vision can you start to uh, create the map and find the right map to get you there. So really, you know, we talked a lot about that in January. If, if you need refreshers, go back and listen to those episodes. We talked about some systems and processes reflecting on, on past losses to map out the future. Uh, I've experienced that a lot in my business where you sometimes have to pause. And as we grow, it's only natural. We make mistakes and our needs and desires change. Our vision might even change, right? So we need to be checking ourselves every 6 to 12 months and, and, and saying, "Is it, do I still want this? How is it working out for me? Am I profitable doing this? And only pausing and stopping and taking some time, whatever that looks like. It should, it should look like, I would think, at least a few hours to a day, to a, several days to several weeks to really think and meditate on these subjects and, and think about, is this working out for me? Am I happy? Is my wife happy? Are my kids happy? Am I building a future here that I want that I actually want, right? Because you, you might be building a great business. You might be building something that's profitable. You might be building something that other people want and respect. But if you're not happy and your marriage is falling apart and, and you don't want to go to work, what's it all for? It's, it's not going to end well, unfortunately. So those are times in your life when you really need to pause and, and sometimes just slam on the brakes and think about that. So let's move into February. I talked about how to, how much to charge. These were the episodes uh, where I interviewed Michael Stone. He wrote that book, Markup and Profit. We talked about knowing what the job actually costs you as the contractor. That's the only way you can figure out how much to charge. And later, later in this episode, I'm going to talk about, you know, raising your rates on a seasonal basis or, or whatever. But Really, you know, it should be the business's goal to have a, a setup a markup for your profit to cover your overhead. That way you can consistently be charging uh, the same thing and you can consistently raise your prices as prices get raised every year on you. So knowing what the job actually costs you is, uh, is, um, is, is uh, paramount to knowing what you're going to charge for the work. Because ultimately, if, if I hire you to do a shower or remod, you know, do a tile floor or whatever, it's going to cost you and your business money to install that for me. And, and some of you are doing that without taking um, even a deposit. And, and, and I'm not going to talk about that. I have my opinions on that. I, I, I think you should take a deposit. But some of you have built businesses like my friend, uh, Paul Lucia has built a, a great business, very profitable business on a handshake, pay me when it's done. And, and that's his reputation. That's his business. It's not for me to judge. It's worked for him for 40 years or whatever. So there's different business models. But at the end of the day, you've got to know what it's going to cost you so that you can know what to charge. Um, 
We talked about, you know, uh, differentiating yourself from your competition is, is really going to be the key to charging what you need to charge. And Michael basically said it, it's the simple things. It's the very basic things that, that really set you apart. And so if you didn't catch those or you want to re, re-listen, go ahead. That was in February. And basically that book is, is basically the contractor's Bible. When it comes to business, it's a, it's a thick book. It's got a lot of good information in there. And it's a great book to have. You should definitely be uh, be utilizing those tools. I, you know, no one can. There's not much you can improve on as in, in far as far as that book goes. So, it's just a great tool to have. In March, we we talked about growing your team, hiring your employees, uh, calculating the true cost again, training and, and retaining employees. Uh, and in March was the month where I had a. Uh, let me let me check real quick here. I'm looking at a couple things. I had Dan Welch. Yeah, that's what I thought. I had Dan Welch in a few different um, interviews there. And Dan's built a great business. He has a lot of employees. Um, very very uh, large business. Uh, very successful with finding help and and training help and. So if, if you're wondering about all that mindset, we talked a lot about mindset with Dan, and, and he's somebody that has gained uh, and earned the, the respect of pretty much everybody that knows him and looks up to him. So that would be, if you haven't listened to those episodes in March, I also interviewed Robert Davis because I, you know, I wanted to take it another direction. Now, Robert Davis is building a great business in the Northwest, and he utilizes temporary help at times. So I'll probably refer to that episode a little bit later in this, in this episode because we're talking about finding temporary help if, if you have like a larger job come up. And uh, so that was a good episode with Robert because it really showed how he's utilizing the tools that he has when it comes to like Facebook, social media, et cetera, to find temporary help and pull off something that, that seems impossible. And then in April, we moved to marketing, and I interviewed Ken, Ken Balin and had a great interview with Ken, and we talked about marketing and branding a lot. Ken is somebody who has a strong brand, very strong brand, recognized, easily recognizable, and he has a great local brand and a great business, and <clears throat> excuse me, in that, in that month, we also talked about... Uh, Marketing during and after COVID-19 with uh, David, who is a professional, or excuse me, Daniel Codella, who is a marketing expert out of the San Francisco Bay Area. And I also interviewed Logan Schinholzer, uh, who is also a marketer and focuses on online, helps contractors get online reviews. I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice a little bit. <clears throat> <clears throat> Apologize about that. All right. So that kind of leads us up to um, the the Tile Money's 100th episode. If you haven't heard that one yet, that was back uh, June 2nd, just a few weeks ago. That episode was different uh, in in all aspects. It's almost two hours long. And, um, uh, you know, basically the microphone was switched 
And I was interviewed by Trask Bergerson, someone who I've looked up to for a long time. And I've been wanting to interview Trask. And Trask said, I'm not going to do an interview until I interview you, Luke. I want to know the man behind the mustache. <laughs> and so that's that's kind of what happened there. And that was a fun episode. Um, if you're wanting to know my story, that's definitely one you should listen to. The Tile Money is 100th episode back in uh, June 2nd. So. so I would love to hear from you. Those of you who listen to every episode, I'm going to have a link in the show notes for uh, a short survey, just a few minutes, I mean a few questions, and it'll only take you a few minutes. And uh, please take the time to fill the survey out. It's a few yes or no questions, and then it'll be a couple um, open questions where you can actually just type out a few words, a few constructive criticisms, uh, tell me what you like and what you don't like, things like that. And and there's a link in the show notes for that. And, and so please take the time to fill that out because that's going to really dictate what tile money continues to evolve into you know i've been having a lot of fun with this and i've been enjoying it it's it's a pleasure but i don't want to be talking on this mic to an empty room i don't want to put out stuff that nobody likes and isn't really working and and that you know can be simple like hey do you like the 30 minutes do you like the 60 minutes it can be a little bit more complex like hey uh topics hey you really need to focus, can you give us some more information on this subject or can you back off of this subject or, you know, whatever, whatever. I want to hear from you. Uh, tell me what you like and what you don't like because ultimately that's, you know, that's the direction I want to go is I want to uh, create content and, and do this in a way that is beneficial for you. And um, so, so look for that link in the show notes, please. All right, so let's get into... Uh, you know what? Let's let's jump into the Tile Money news, and and this Tile Money news is um, is of course sponsored by the NTCA and Latacrete International, and um, I am open for more sponsors to insert Tile Money news or Tile Money tips into this uh, podcast. So if any sponsors want to talk about that, just get a hold of me. So basically, uh, I want to talk about you know. Kind of how how awesome and proud I am of both of these companies for for pivoting the last couple months here with with what they're doing, how they're handling things with with COVID nineteen and the way they're approaching their education, you know, and employees and and everything. Um, the NTCA has been they pivoted rather fast, rather quick, and put all their trainings to you know digital online trainings. And I, I know a lot of you are are taking part in that. And so I'll, I'll include a link to show you kind of what they're doing today because, like, tomorrow they've got a, a technical round roundtable discussion. And, and these are set up regionally. So, like, there's, there's a bunch of them on the calendar for the next several weeks of these roundtable discussions where they're actually talking about uh, local technical issues. So maybe some people that are in the, in the far north freezing area are going to have different technical issues than people down in Florida and, and, and Arizona. You know, tile setting is, is completely different in those states and those regional areas. So I love these open roundtable discussions that they actually have every day. And then it looks like on Wednesday, July 1st, is, is they're getting back to the hands-on stuff. In Brooklyn Heights, uh, Ohio, they've got uh, GPTP, Gauge Porcelain Tile Panel Training Program. 
And so if you're in or near Ohio, you definitely want to check this out. Listen, July 1st, 2020. This is uh, some of the best training you can get by Mark Heinlein. And if you've never seen Mark present, you definitely want to check this out. If you're within driving range, or I don't, you, you know, I, I don't know how you want to get there, but if, if you're near Brooklyn Heights, Ohio, or you can do it, there's limited spots. Looks like there's about a dozen spots left out of 20. There's a small uh, refundable deposit. But basically what this is is a hands-on training, really in-depth, starts at 7.30 in the morning, and they get right into it, the, the industry standards for GPTP, as well as um, an introduction to the, just what it is, you know, GPTP, an overview, uh, tools, setting materials, all that stuff. So if you're looking to get into GPTP, this is definitely something that you'll want to check out. And if you look at the calendar, I'm not going to go over every single training they have coming up, but I just wanted to give you a taste of, of the kind of stuff they're, they're putting out there, the kind of stuff they're, they're doing, uh, because it is very vital, you know. It is, it is very, you know, uh, beneficial for a tile contractor to stay in business and, and make sure they understand some of the more tech, you know, the deeper technical stuff, the different technical discussions that are happening. They've got stuff scheduled all the way out here almost to the end of the year, and I'm sure they'll be adding on, you know, always. They've got several of those GPTP training programs, whether you're in uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, you know, um, Kentucky looks like they've got something in Virginia, uh, Connecticut looks like. So, um, basically check it out, <laughs> check out the link in the show notes to find, to find that calendar and have a look at that. Lady Creek university has also been hitting it hard with the online tutorials. If you don't, uh, know about their university, Lady Creek Online University, you definitely want to check that out. I'm going to provide a link for this as well because they've got, they've got a 101 series that covers the basics. So this is something you would, you would maybe, and it's free. All this is free. It's all online. You can have your apprentices watch some of this stuff. They dive into sealers next, uh, self-leveling under, underlayment, SLU. Listen, if you don't know the basics of this, this is a great free class to watch and learn pour, pouring the self-leveling underlayments. It's not easy. It's not necessary. It's, it's fairly simple, but there's some, some very good steps that you shouldn't, you should not, uh, <laughs> skip. Take it from me. I've seen, I've seen the self-leveler pouring out, you know, uh, on the, um, in, in the basement or on the, the below the floor below through a fan or a light. So, you know, there's certain things you have to do to actually, you know, it's kind of misleading if you never work with self-leveling underlayment. It's doesn't it exactly self-level. You you kind of got to help it along. And so there's some things that can can help you do that, you know. They've got all the way up to, you know, understanding deflection for tile and stone. And so they have class, you know, classes, free classes all the way from the basics to understanding deflection, which is actually a question that comes up very often in the group. So how can you measure it? What is it? What are the industry standards? Uh, this is something that if you're working, you know, on, on, in second story homes, wood, wood um, subfloors, you definitely need to, you know, have this knowledge, uh, you know, have a basic understanding of this so that you can bid, accordingly because that's something that could really bite you and and hurt your business so 
I'm going to have links to both of these uh, online courses, both from the NTCA as well as uh, Ladacrete. All right, so let's let's jump into this other subject here: uh, taking advantage of summer spending. <laughs> so, like I said, this was a subject that um, I thought would be good for May, as we kind of ramp up to the time when a lot of people start booking work and they really want to get a lot of work done. And I think we've all been there where, you know, there's nothing, we're dead in the water. And then all of a sudden the phone starts going crazy, right? The phone just starts ringing off the hook and you know, what, what the heck, how to prepare for that? That's the question. Cause you can't, you know, it seems like you can't keep your employees employed during different part, you know, the winter, and then all of a sudden, in, in the spring and, and the summer comes so quick, and and all of a sudden you need more employees. So how do you do that? Well, you know, a, a big a big part of it is just mental preparation, um, as well as setting up your business during those slower. If you're if you've experienced slow months, set your business up to take on more work. Um, set your set processes and systems in place. Uh, have you know, they, they should be written down. Uh, you know, if X happens, then I do Y. Meaning, listen, you can't let the leads control your business. You can't let people dictate when you come to work and when you go home at night. Uh, you have to be in control of your business at all times. And, and when people call you and start asking you, listen, can you fit me in? Can, you know, I know you're busy. Can you fit me in? Can you come here? And all of a sudden you're booking way too much work. So part of that has to be, you need to be mentally prepared to say no. You need, you need to, uh, if, if, you, if you're not ready to expand. But if you are ready to expand, you can move into uh, possibly finding and hiring temporary labor, you know. And like I said, you can look at the Robert Davis interview to kind of get a grasp on how he does this very well. He keeps a handful of people employed year-round. But from time to time, uh, the contacts he has, the contractors he works for, they want him to go big. They want him to handle a, a large amount of work in a short amount of time. And so essentially he says, well, these are my processes. This is my, this is my price to make that happen. And I have to, you know, I have to fly people in. I have to have these relationships you know, and that's what he's been doing. That's part of the reason he's online is building relationships, getting to know people, building his online reputation so that when the time comes, like recently, recently he actually did this. He put a post out who wants to work in August or whatever the month was. I forget, but it was something, you know, in the in the near future. Who wants to come to, to Oregon to work for a month and, and pay is good and, you know, here's the work we'll be doing. And, and so he's built that reputation. And, and that's what I mean by preparing for this kind of thing. Like if you can see it coming and you want to grab that, you want to do that money grab, you know, and that's something you want to chase, then you need to be taking part in, in conversations. You need to be uh, keeping a tally on the type of people or, or who you would hire online on these groups. I mean, these groups are, are only beneficial if you make them beneficial. And if that's something you want to pursue, it does take some effort, but it can be done. And I and Robert's done an excellent job of highlighting how this actually can work. Um, 
to hire temporary labor, uh, even skilled labor. He's got some very skilled help when he when he does this. He doesn't hire apprentices necessarily. He hires very skilled labor and flies them in and, and gets it done. Um, on a local level, you know, sometimes you need a labor. And, you know, recently, like I said, we talked about this in my group. What I used to do is hire a, a day labor from, you know, these uh, temporary labor agencies. And I just bid it. I just put it in my bid because I knew I was going to be paying, let's see, in California, it was like $20 an hour for a guy who's worth about 10 or 12 maybe 15, somebody who just basically can carry trash from one end of the house to the next and put it in the trash or scrape a floor, do a little demo. You you see what I'm saying? A real greenhorn type of person, but he's able to work He's and he wants to work. And that's how you could sometimes take on some extra help without diving into payroll, without diving into, you know, extra insurance, because that labor company is going to cover all that. And that's why you're paying $20 an hour for, but it's temporary. So it's actually saving you a whole lot of money in the long run. If you only need help once in a while, it's kind of like renting a jet boat versus buying a jet boat. You're going to save a whole lot of money and you're probably only going to use it twice a year anyways, even if you own the stupid thing. <laughs> and I'm not, that's not, probably not a good comparison, but you get the point. Uh, you know, you don't always have to, uh, to buy it. So if you don't have the work, um, but you just have some temporary work during the summer, maybe you can, you can do something like that and just put it in your bed. Hey, this is costing me a lot of money. It's the prices go up, but guess what? The phone keeps ringing. People keep hiring me. People keep paying me. And so that brings me to the subject of should you adjust your prices seasonally? You know, ultimately, ultimately, you want to have a fair, reasonable price that's profitable for your business and, and is also, you know, some of you need to be competitive, some of you don't. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, that's up to you. But ultimately, yeah, heck yeah, you can you can do whatever you want. If, if your phone is ringing and you're, I, I, I don't know. I depends on how large your crew is, but if you've got a couple guys and you're booking past three months out, raise those prices until you lose 10 bids in a row, until you lose 10 jobs in a row. That's what my friend Ken Balin does. He says, look, I just, I keep raising my prices by 10%. And, and then when I, when I lose a bunch of bids in a row, I just back them down 10% until I win two or three bids. And, and speaking of winning, you know, estimates or bids, you don't, you, you only really want to be, you, you really only want to be closing maybe, maybe 30% of your estimates, maybe 20%. Um, I've talked to people, you know, like Ben Santos, uh, other, a lot of other people who are getting a couple hundred leads a year and, and they're working for about 20 people a year, 20 different jobs. So that's really what it looks like as far as a marketing and phone ringing type of thing to balance out a profit profitable company versus a, a non-profitable company if you pride yourself that you win every bid for a long time now but your bank account is empty and money is a pain then that is a direct those two things are are directly related you're winning every bid because you're just too damn cheap your prices are too low. And I don't know what else to tell you. That's just the truth. That's just like, 
That's just what it is. Your prices are too low, so so you do win every bid. But if money's money's an issue in your life, you've got to raise your prices. I I talk to a lot of I talk to a lot of people, but I I see a lot of you working seven days a week. Um, you know, uh, I recently in the group, someone I respect, someone I I love. You know, I I really appreciate as a man as a human being as, as a husband and father and and provider and hard worker i see that he recently came into the group and said look i just got out of the hospital and his health was in danger the the people at the hospital the doctor said Here's the situation, you know, I don't, I don't want to give, I'm, I'm trying to be careful what I say, but, he, you know, because I didn't ask him if I could talk about him. But they said, listen, your health is in danger. Here's the situation. You need rest and you need to stop a few things. Well, that was like on a, on a Friday and on a Saturday, they released him, if I'm remembering this correctly. And, and then he went on to write, he went on to write that he went to work on the next day on a Sunday, no, nonetheless, because he had to. He said he had to. He just got out of the hospital. The doctor said he needed rest, but yet in his mind, he said he had to go into work the next day because whatever, he had to get it done. Uh, I get it. I have struggled with the same mindset. Like sincerely, I I know we, we, we don't want to let anybody down. We don't want to let our clients down. I've put my clients in front of my wife. I put my clients in front of my family. I'm not proud of that. It's it's something that business owners all struggle with. I I think it's something that certainly can ruin people. It can ruin marriages. It can ruin the business. And so, what helped me to change this mindset? And I, you know, I don't know if he'll hear this or not. But what helped me to change this mindset is: listen, you've got to think about the worst case scenario. What would happen if you dropped dead tomorrow and you couldn't go to work tomorrow? What would happen to your clients? Well, your clients would be a little bit inconvenienced, wouldn't they? Just a little bit. Ultimately, they might shed a tear if they knew you, but ultimately they'd be a little bit inconvenienced and they'd find another tile contractor and they'd get the damn job done a little bit late, but they'd still get it done. They'd get their tile. No big deal on the work front. Now on the personal level, to your wife and your kids and your father and your mother and your brother and your sister and the friends you have, a whole nother story. It's a whole nother story, man. Like, you just worked yourself to death because you had to go to work on a Sunday. And then you dropped dead. And, and, and so, I hate to talk like that, but that's, that's the reality of the situation. It, it happens. It actually happens to people all the time. You know, sometimes it's stress, sometimes it's physical ailments brought on by work. 
by the chemicals we work with, by the lifestyle we live, combination of things. And, and so what I'm saying is I want you to look at the bigger picture and I want you to think about what really matters in your life and who really matter. And the fact of the matter is if you, if you need a sick day, man, if you need a, few, a week, a sick week, you've got to take care of your health. Otherwise, you can't service any more clients. You can't have a family. All of it goes away. And so that's the big picture. So know when to say no. Know when to say no. Set some, set some boundaries and some limits in your business. Set some rules, things you won't break. You know, I was talking to another guy, and, and he went, it was like, I mean, this was very late at night, and he said, well, I just, I was on my way home, and I got this call, and I, I just felt compelled, and, and I went and knocked it out in, in three hours, and it was, and now I, I don't, you know, and, and he didn't even talk about price until the job was done, and he said, and now I need to tell him I don't know what to charge him for this or bill him, and it was like, like an after-hours thing. He, he, you know, he, he built in, and I, I told him, I, I told him publicly, I said, your business is running you. You're not running your business. And he said, no, that's not true. I, I'm worried about my reputation. Again, who, like it doesn't matter. If, you know what happens when you set boundaries in your business and you tell people no? You know what happens? They respect you and they respect your business because you've got boundaries. When you go shopping at 2 a.m. and the grocery store is closed, do you call the, do you call the owner and say, what? Why were you closed at 2? I need a burrito. No, you just, you understand that's printed on the front door for a reason. That's the way they run their business and you respect it. You don't even go there because your brain, unless it's a, 20, a Walmart, your brain tells you they're not, they're not the type of people that work when you want them to. They work when they have dictated. And that's the reality of all this stuff. Until you're in control of your business and respect your life and your business enough, nobody is going to respect your business. Why would they respect your business? Yeah, a few people appreciate that you'll bend over backwards and run over to their non-emergency situation after hours. That's temporary. That's called temporary love. That's called summer love, and it doesn't last. They're not going to write you a five-star review. They're not going to actually care beyond, you know, thinking, I, I don't know. They just controlled you and, and, and got you to do something. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean they respect you more. People respect you when you run a legitimate business that has boundaries and rules and definitions. And your prices are set accordingly because you understand your business. That's when people start to respect you and when people start to see your business. So I went on a little rant there, but I was triggered. <laughs> so it happened. So listen, that's basically uh, it for this episode. I, those are the subjects I wanted to cover. And listen, I, I truly appreciate you listening to me. I, I'd like to know if you like me talking to you like this once in a while. If you like these solo episodes, please include that in the survey. Uh, yes or no question there. Like I said, this survey is not very long at all. A few simple questions and a, and a few um a couple different long format questions that you can actually type out some suggestions, some constructive criticism. We're all in this together. Tile friends, 
I truly appreciate you and stay profitable out there.